0: All right, so there's two things I kind of want to set up. One, uh, Josh, I think we're going to open with your uh, Between Two Worlds thing before we get into the the movie stuff. Okay. <clears throat> but I'm going to like try to set up that we have this intro. I don't know, Andy and Mike, do you guys want to hear this intro that Josh made so you have an idea what we're referring to, if you would like to comment on it?
1: Okay. Well, I suppose that we... I mean, I don't know. Do I want to go in cold on this? Is this something? Well,
0: well, the thing yeah. is, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the intro in post, so I'm gonna reference this introduction. I'm gonna give Josh a chance to talk about it if he wants yeah,
2: to. Yeah, it's just it's just like the spoiler warning. Like he just mentions it, but it gets added in later, so you wouldn't actually hear it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, I I probably should because I don't know what it is. Send
0: it. All right, we'll see if this works. I tried to send the file through the Skype chat, so see if you can get it and listen to it. I will attempt to. It's real short. It's like 10, 15 seconds or so. Yeah.
3: Andy, did you grab it? Listening to it now. Okay.
0: Josh, you can get live reactions on what people think of your theme song. Right.
2: Although I can't actually hear them, like, listening to it. I can only watch them <laughs> listening to it.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the accent, man? <laughs>
1: Were you going for George Harrison on that? I'm I'm just wondering.
2: No, I I don't have a good singing voice at all, but I can kind of mask that fact if I sing in an accent a little bit. (laughs) You can't tell me I'm wrong on that. (laughs)
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Brian and Super Friends. I'm your host Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles.
3: Hello, podcast people.
2: Mike Bradley. Howdy. And Josh George. Hello. My name is Josh. I am sort of a co-host here. <laughs> Wait, are you doing the? Core? Is this your core impression? <laughs> I think I'm getting warmed up, but we're gonna we're gonna try it. <laughs> <laughs> he told me
0: beforehand we we're. we're Texting about Korg jokes and stuff, and at some point he talked about how that voice was just coming through when he talks now in everyday life. <laughs> so we suggested trying to do it for the podcast. We'll see how long he can keep it up. <laughs> um, Alright, so as promised, we talked about this last week. Uh, for this episode, we'll be discussing the latest MCU movie, which is Thor Ragnarok. Uh, but before we jump into the movie, uh, if you're a frequent listener of the show, you'll know that one of the things we like to do from time to time that Josh has been compiling... Uh, He's had information on actors and actresses that have been appearing in multiple comic book movies. So we've been calling this Between Two Worlds every now and again. Uh, So whenever it sort of applies to what we're talking about, Josh consults his list and throws out some names and gives, you know, tries to start a discussion with whoever crosses over between these properties. Um, I'm pretty sure he said he has at least three names for this movie. Uh, So we'll see. I I couldn't think of... I thought of one after the fact, but I can't think of the other two, so we'll see what he's got. Um, One thing we want to sort of set up that uh, we finally have, like, an intro song for this uh, segment that Josh has been secretly working on. Josh, do you want to set this up at all? Is there anything we should know
2: before we play this for everybody? Uh, This is not possible without a collaboration uh, and contribution from uh, infrequent but very missed co-host uh chris <laughs> oliver so thanks to him uh, yeah, that's true yeah i was gonna shout out to chris yeah he's
0: been on a few episodes check the back catalog it's, it's 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 he's out there somewhere it's been it has been a while though uh all right so we're gonna cue the music see what you think
2: well you know the face but maybe not the name this mystery we will unfold are everywhere they have been Oh, they walk between two worlds
0: Alright, so I hope you liked that as much as I did. I think it's fantastic. You'll be hearing
2: it more often whenever <laughs> we do this segment again. Uh, so Josh, hit us with what you got. Okay, so after really reviewing the list I have discovered that just, just connected to the Thor franchises now, we actually have five people. Holy shit. Yeah. Why can't I think of any of these people? I feel like they as, should be glaringly obvious, as, and I can't. As soon as I, I say them, you're going to, you know, palm yourself, so. Let's, uh, let's go back. Wait, wait, wait. Before you, before
0: you do it, can, does anybody want to guess who we think has been in multiple comic book movies that are in Thor? I have As, as different roles.
2: Uh, Karl Urban was can cons- your... I considered that, but, um... I, I narrow my uh, analysis to mainstream uh, Marvel or DC universes, pretty much. Now they could be okay. they, they, they could be uh, used by different studios, but it's pretty much like the MCU, the world of main DC or Fox with like X Men, Fantastic Four, that kind of stuff. But okay. but excellent pull, sir. Yes, because
1: um, I'm just the ones that should be obvious, like you're saying. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, the
0: only one I I had was, and it's a new a new addition to the list is Zach Levi, who is now Shazam, and is Fandral in the the Thor movies. Okay. well, two of the
2: Thor movies yes that is that is correct he's the well not even the newest edition because he did appear in Thor 2 well I guess he'd be the newest edition because he's now the newest one to finally cross for over. DC yeah right. that's true so he's the most recent um but yeah but so, four
0: other ones uh, for whatever I cannot think of any anymore
2: so yeah I... let's start back at the very first Thor movie and so go ahead go ahead so can you mention actors that are in
1: two different
2: Marvel movies? yes I can. Okay. If they're playing different roles. Yes, if, again, yeah, different right, roles.
3: Because the, the one guy with the axe, I can't remember his name,
2: also plays the Punisher in the Punisher Warzone. That is number one. Congratulations, oh, Ray Andy. Stevenson. Yes. Yes, Ray Stevenson appeared in Punisher Warzone in 2008 playing Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher, and then appears in the Thor trilogy playing Volstagg.
0: I didn't realize it was the same guy.
2: It is, yeah. When he has all the makeup and the beard and everything, he you know it's like it's like the Gimli effect. You don't.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You don't recognize uh, the it, person underneath at all. It, and it's also
1: the attitude, because Volstagg and Punisher <laughs> are so polar opposite. <laughs> it, it it draws away. Like he, he's never scowling like he is as Punisher.
2: You know. They, true. They, true. Volstagg is always smiling. This is quite true. So, yep, yeah, that is number 1. Andy's got a point. Who who who's, who's going to take the next round? Mm. Still still think about somebody who has been in the whole trilogy and who has been there since since Thor 1. There's one more. I mean, right, I'm, gonna, I'm still drawing I'm, blanks. Yeah, yeah I, just... I'm going to say no one has it. So, <laughs> it is actually and th- this is mo- maybe the most unique one I've seen so far. Idris Elba. Idris Elba played Moreau in Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance.
0: Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs>
2: and that—I've only seen that movie a half a times. Yeah, <laughs> those, movies, those, those Ghost Rider
1: movies are so forgettable. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I've seen that in
2: a total of one half. So okay. Um, and I think I could—I could be wrong, but I think. That and the first Thor were actually released in the same year. Spirit of Vengeance might have actually been 2012 once it finally got wide release. But they were either both in 2011 or the first Thor was 2011 and then Spirit of Vengeance was finally released in 2012. But they were pretty much nearly back to back. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. Those are the, fir- the, only- the first two from there. Um, the second one uh appeared in the dark world. Now this I this one is completely forgivable for anybody because in both roles this person is in head to toe makeup. You never see their face. You wouldn't even probably know it was them if you even recognize them to begin with.
1: I know who you're referring to. I don't know the dude's actual name. Is it gonna be the guy that plays Curse? That's what I was thinking.
2: Um I don't
0: know the actor's name, but I know I remember him from Lost as Mr. Echo, but I can't think of what he is outside of Thor.
2: Round two or three, wherever we're at, goes to Brian. That is correct. Yeah, his name is like Adewale Akanawa Abajay. <laughs> and that is terrible because I, I should have a better understanding of how to pronounce like very African names, but I don't. And yes, he uh he played Curse uh, in Thor: The Dark World, and then who else did he play? Uh, That's what I can't figure out.
3: Uh, uh, Killer Croc and Suicide,
2: Suicide Squad. Squad.
3: Oh, good mm-hmm. pull!
2: So Andy splits the round. Nice. Uh, the last. I like
0: this one. We have to guess. This is a fun <laughs> little game. <laughs> well, it's, yeah.
2: also, it's also fun when there's like more than one to talk about at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So before. So we mentioned Zachary Levi. Yes, in uh, Dark World and Ragnarok, he took over the role of Fandral from that other guy who was on Once Upon a Time. That's why he couldn't reprise the role.
4: Mm, okay. uh, and
2: he'll he'll now play Shazam in the DC universe. So the last entry, uh, actually. This this one is a threefer. Um this person enters this uh crossing from Marvel to DC with Thor Ragnarok, but they previously already uh had a Marvel and DC TV crossover. What? Yeah, you're never going to guess this. <laughs>
0: Do we, do we get a hint?
2: Um, I don't know if there Without... is a way to hint it. Okay. It, well, not that it would like completely give it away. It's just it's kind of obscure a little bit.
0: All right. Well, I got no guesses. So if anybody else got any guesses.
2: I'm going to take that as nope. a no. <laughs> nope. No guesses there. All right. So the actor Clancy Brown. Oh. Appeared in the second, se- second season of Daredevil on Netflix as colonel ray uh, Shinover, he was uh uh frank castle's army uh superior officer guy
4: uh-huh.
2: um and then previous to this he actually so far i think he only appeared in one maybe two episodes of the flash on the c w yes as uh, general wade no, island general. yes uh, and in And then he was the voice of Surter. He's the voice Thor of Surter. Yes, he is. Oh man, okay. So, those are your five rounds of walking between two worlds all connected to just Thor. Nice. Most of them don't have that many commonalities. There's a couple that kind of dip into one or two of the same movies, but yeah, I was actually surprised myself as I was getting this ready. Yeah, there's a lot more in there than I thought. I'm looking forward to the Infinity War version of this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could have an whole episode There's just like that. Nine crossovers now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Have
0: fun with that list, Josh.
2: <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's yeah. That's the thing. I mean, just because yeah, like that, if if it's all within the MCU. You know, just because like the Guardians appear in a movie with Iron Man now, in, oh I know, War. yeah, it's not what we're. But yeah, the, it. It's, I'm just it's saying, gonna get, you're, you're going to have
1: pretty much every MCU movies major characters combined into a single movie to cover crossovers on. It
2: will be infinitely more complex. <laughs> 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 All right, thank you. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Josh
3: really threw down the gauntlet there. <laughs> And he just got one-upped. Oh,
2: yeah, he did. <laughs> he really won that war. The time he was... Oh, it's still going.
0: We're not done. Come on, Andy, avenge yourself. <laughs> oh! <laughs> all right, let's move on before we just get stuck in puns for the next hour. <laughs> um, all right, so getting around to Thor. Uh, typically, uh, when we try to do reviews, what I like to do is try to talk general spoiler-free thoughts just for... You know, people that listen that haven't actually got around to seeing the movie, they just still want to hear what we thought, even though they haven't seen it yet. So, after that, once we get through the general spoiler-free stuff, we'll jump into spoilers. Uh, there will be a spoiler warning for that whenever we get to that point. So, general spoiler-free impressions, where do you guys want to start? What do you think of the movie?
1: Um, I, I was excited for it, and it didn't let me down. Um, very fun movie to watch. <clears throat> um I feel like they put more thought into each scene here than perhaps in the previous 2 Thor movies. Um okay. I, I didn't really feel like there was much that they did that was wasted or that was without a purpose. Agreed. Okay. And is we all know um previous Thor movies Sometimes it kind of felt a little strange at points. Like, why are they doing this? And you never really get a reason for it. Why would they choose to have? Uh, I can't remember his character's name. Um, but running around in his underpants. Like, well, what was the purpose behind that?
3: Oh, the uh, the scientist
1: guy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Selvig. Okay. Yeah. 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 Selvig, that's it. You know, there was a lot of things in those previous two movies that just didn't make much sense, but this felt like it had a proper climax to the movie, that it had fun side characters that, even themselves, in most cases, had unique stories that you got to learn a bit about the characters, uh-huh. and from just the bits they gave you to learn about them, you felt some connection to those characters which is something more than i could say for previous thor movies because the last two thor movies i didn't even give a shit about jane like it it, (laughs) like you just didn't care for the character they didn't present that to you um so i I feel like all around they did a much better job
3: okay uh andy you want to chime in uh, I agree. It was a, a a very fun movie to watch. Uh, it had an air of Guardians of the Galaxy, like mm-hmm, in uh-huh. terms of style to it, which I think uh, really um, matched well with with uh, how they tried to do the screenplay. Um, I thought the music was really good. The casting was, I think, pretty spot on.
0: Yeah, I think everybody did a really good job.
3: Yeah. Anything else? And the, it was. It was funny i mean (laughs) the other thor movies were funny but not not like goofy funny like this one was which made it a lot
2: more enjoyable i thought i think they found a better foundation for these actors to bring these characters forward with the approach and the type of humor that they went for this time like the, the the first two had moments of levity but I think the reason I found them so unappealing and unengaging was that I didn't, I don't know, like, other than maybe Thor to some extent and Loki definitely, I didn't really get a sense that, like, of of what the character really was. Like, you I don't know, I felt like I, I always watched them say words, do things, go places, but... I don't now, now that now that I have this contrast, it felt more like I was watching all the actors execute scenes and say lines, whereas this just felt like the like this was one of the first times that I I saw Chris Hemsworth uh, kind of disappear a little bit, which is ironic because okay. like once they cut his hair, you see more of the traditional Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> but yeah. like, I, I I saw him disappear more. I saw Thor finally and i saw you know well again like we didn't have like a jane foster but um like all the other characters i it was easy to look past them and just and just see the world i I bought the character i bought the world it was it was like effortless
4: yeah
0: yeah i think even just going in like the trailers you can tell the change in tone just from the trailers like it's going to be funnier it's a lot more colorful than any other thor movie they've done yeah they took a lot of pages from guardians of the galaxy in that respect and sort of what you're saying i kind of thought like going into this maybe it would be too jokey like too many jokes per minute type of thing that would sort of distract from the plot and and make thor out to be a comedian and then it takes away from what we've known of thor for five or six movies whatever he's been in so far um and they do make him funny like he gets some good jokes and some physical humor and stuff like that but even some of the quiet moments with thor like i don't think they ever lose what that character is
2: and what that character should be Mm-mm. which surprised me and i like that yeah can I, can i ask you guys did um did anybody watch like all the trailers they put out and several of the tv spots cuz i didn't see anything except the very first full length trailer just the very first one where you got like the reveal of the hulk busting through the wall and you know thor says the he's a friend from work line cuz <laughs> a- after that i didn't see any of it and so did did the other advertisements did the other promos really try to keep selling more and more scenes of like the comedic moments and so therefore like what going in with that impression did that like hurt anything for you guys I think I watched the first two trailers. I think
0: that was as far as I got. I was trying to avoid commercials and all the other stuff, but they were hard because they, they marketed this movie everywhere. Oh, did they? Um, but commercial-wise, I don't think I remember seeing new scenes. It was a lot of, like, just cut-up portions of the Hulk and Thor fight. Like, that seemed to be what they were really pushing to me. Uh, but nothing stood out to me as far as, like, telling a lot of the jokes or spoiling a lot of those fun moments that I can remember. I don't know if you... if. Mike or Andy, if you guys have seen anything else, I of, just remember maybe.
1: the first one. I that's all I really re- remember watching.
3: Okay, I think we covered both the trailers on here. Like the i I'm pretty sure we did. Here, yeah, but
2: uh, that's all the more research I did on any sort of preview for it. Okay, that's good. I I, I don't know. Did you guys enjoy that? That I like. I I think that was a uh, for 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 movies that rely heavily on specific moments for like really good joke delivery or whatever um i think not having seen much of it was good because the the more you see the more they try to diversify what they are putting out so eventually if you see like all three trailers plus a bunch of tv spots you're gonna see a bunch of it you're gonna i don't know i i i kind of went in i think very cold other than that first trailer right as to understanding is 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 what they are showing me right now the extent of the, you know, joke horizon that they're going to go down? Or is there a lot more to it or whatnot? And I think if I had seen a bunch more, um, I wouldn't have had, like, all those pleasant surprises every step of the way.
4: Yeah.
0: And I was trying to think about it. I do think, like, as much as this movie is funny, I think there are less like jokes per minute than a, like a Guardians movie. I think Guardians tries to fit more jokes in there, but I felt like just in my viewing of it, I felt like I had more laugh-out-loud moments with this movie than a Guardians movie. Okay. So I think that I I feel like the jokes hit better for me. I don't know. I don't know. But I guess that's just my opinion for it.
1: I wouldn't disagree with that in the sense that a lot of the jokes they told here were Smarter jokes. They weren't necessarily the dumbed down version. Like I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy, you can get the jokes are more elementary. They they're simpler. You know. Okay. Okay. Um, like even Drax, you know, explaining the joke after he's told. Him, <laughs> you know, like yeah, that that kind of thing. Where here, you know, the banter back and forth between the Hulk and Thor. It's really not really meant always to be funny, the things they're saying. You know what I mean? But it is funny. It's meant to be funny, but it's not. The characters aren't openly telling a joke or making a joke. Right. Yeah. So, well, did you
0: guys think, let me just ask, did you guys think the movie was too funny? Or do you think it was funny enough, like you're okay with, like, because the fact that they switched the tone, we have to decide if that tone worked for the movie, if that made it better for a viewing
2: I think hands down, it was an improvement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if we're yeah. saying better than the other two
1: Thor movies, yes, by far. Okay.
3: Yeah. And Are I we... think what made it more funny than the Guardians is that we didn't expect it to be like the jokes to land quite as well as they did. You know, because we're mm-hmm. used to Thor one and Dark World, and a lot of misses there. <laughs>
0: Well, even like even the the other Thor movies, even Dark World, I, like Dark World has some pretty good jokes in there too that I felt like. But this one is definitely like stepped up to eleven. Like they definitely
2: leaned hard into the the co- comedic side of it. Yeah, mm? and none of them seemed forced. There there was only yeah. one I can think of, definitely one spot, but maybe no more than one additional where it it obvious it was obvious that they were like setting up a punchline or setting up a punchline moment. Uh Everything else was just very naturally done by the speech patterns of the actors or the words themselves, their mannerisms, their reactions. Uh, it, It did not seem... Like, it barely seemed like they were making a comedy. It felt very easily that we were just watching funny things happen while people were doing and saying them. Yeah. Um... I
0: don't know. Anything else we want to touch on generally, or do we just want to jump into specifics and go from there?
2: Um, I'll say that I, someone mentioned the music before, I think, or maybe a, a uh, comparison to Guardians in, in one degree. I, I was happy that other than like the main title song, you know, the Immigrant song that was very prominent in the trailers, does get used again in, in the actual film uh and i two or three times yeah and i will say i think it was it was used effectively i'll say i don't think it was overkill but i'm glad they didn't go for that the whole movie they did not try to embrace again like a guardian-esque uh space opera yes exactly space opera with you know tons of pop songs in it again like i feel like they they realized that was effective for the context of Guardians, and especially like bringing it forward from the very beginning with Peter Quill's uh-huh. character, so con- yeah. contextually it made sense, and I'm glad that you know maybe they resisted somebody's urge at some point. I'm I'm sure somebody thought that it would be a great idea to do that again with Thor, especially after using that song for the the trailer. Um, but I'm glad that they showed self control and didn't do that I think if they had it would have been a terrible move yeah I agree
0: Uh, actually one thing I'm going to talk we'll, we'll sort of talk about maybe before we get into spoilers because it's not spoiling anything because it's in the trailers but Hulk speaking how do you guys feel about Hulk being able to talk because I was, I was actually talking to a couple people that I work with that had seen the movie and the two people that I know that saw it both of them are saying they didn't like that part like that was that was a hang up for people or at least those two people I talked to, that Hulk talking was like, no, I don't like that. It, it Hulk, deducts points from the movie for me. Well, I mean, Hulk that's canon in the,
3: the comics. I mean, he eventually yeah. does talk. So. Right, yeah,
0: I didn't have any issue with it, so I, I didn't know if I was he, in the
3: minority or if, or if, you know. He actually ends up being, <laughs> like, fairly intelligent. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like, you can almost, like, get a Bruce Banner-type conversation from him in the comics, I believe.
1: Eventually, yeah, in certain, because even with the comics, there's so many different storylines. Right, right. But in certain storylines, he manages to push out the beast from his brain, but keep the beast in his body. And that's always the way I looked at it. But yeah, he does become fairly intelligent, even when he's the Hulk in the comics, because he gets stuck as the Hulk and can't get back at times. But he's always, I mean, I don't, I can't say exactly when in the comics Hulk started forming complete sentences, but,
4: you know.
0: Because what it actually reminded me of, like, I don't know if anyone has watched, at one point it was on Netflix, and I don't know if it's still there, but they had a couple uh, Avengers cartoons. There was, like, Avengers Assemble, I think, Mm -hmm. that I, I think came out, like, after the Avengers movie, so they had, like, the Avengers cast... Uh, together in the show Hawkeye Black Widow Hulk Iron Man Captain America All that stuff And the Hulk version That they had In the cartoon Was basically I feel like the one You see in the movie Where he is Hulk mm. But his speech Is just like a child He says small sentences Few words here and there You
2: get the gist Of what he's saying But it's not very intelligent Right Yeah But how ridiculous Would it have been To, to have him Only limited To the extent Of verbal communication that he did in the first two Avengers movies, with with, with as much you screen mean, time as he needed to have, right? Right. And interacting yeah. like complex ways with multiple characters. That, I mean, they're really going to rely like other in the first Avengers movie. He literally says what two words? Puny god. I think that's all he ever actually articulates. Yeah, and he might, get some grunts. Well, that's right. And then even <laughs> in like Age of Ultron. I don't know if i can easily think of like what may i can't even think of a specific line but i'm sure he maybe maybe had like a small phrase as hulk that he says once if that
4: uh-huh.
2: and that's the thing like yeah it's, it's all very right it's grunts and reactions and guttural noises like as much screen time as he had come on that would have been absolutely stupid
0: well, it's a different thing for the Hulk to do in this movie, because every other movie he's in, he just shows up to smash things and break things and hurt thing and hurt, you know, fight things, fight something. Yeah, right. Well, this one, he's Hulk just hanging out, sitting yeah, around. Yeah, so you usually, can't have him just grunting at everybody.
3: Usually, like, hanging out for the Hulk means that he's Bruce Banner. So right, this yeah. is the first time that the Hulk actually gets a little bit of downtime.
2: Yeah. And they explain it very well that since the end, since the events of Age of Ultron, he has not regressed to Bruce Banner. So he Uh has been in the form of the Hulk for, they say, a time period of two years. It's absolutely believable that a being would, you know, even maybe at a slower pace, but develop broader speech patterns over a period of time, the more they are, you know, confined to that form. So I, I thought it was a fine explanation. I bought it. It didn't seem out of place. Okay I, I, I yeah want, like I said
0: I, I went talking them. to other people, I started feeling I like I was in the minority, but I was completely
2: cool with what they did. I would like them to re like the people that that think that I would like them to recut the movie, taking out all of Hulk's dialogue and replacing <laughs> it with oh me Hulk yeah uh, and see how enjoyable that is. Well, I think part of the things
0: they said both of them I feel like said different variations of this is like they wanted Hulk to be or they like their Hulk to be a little bit darker and grittier like and they kept re- referring to like the Edward Norton movie. And I'm thinking like this isn't the type of movie that Marvel is making now. These are for kids. They're really marketing them for kids. So you're not probably ever going to see that version of the Hulk again.
2: No, probably not, but it, but it, I mean again, the point the Hulk's arc up until even through that point was still bruce banner fighting against being hulk right it was it was an it was a different incarnation of the being and when the being is only manifested for short periods of time very far apart from each other you know i mean in in, i think the avengers they say that like it's been less it's been almost a year or more than a year since his last incident Right. I I assume they're referring to the events of the Incredible Hulk in that. So if it's many months, a year or more in between this thing existing, of course it's going to act differently, it's gonna think differently. It doesn't exist for very long each time. So I think it was very a natural progression.
4: Yeah. Okay.
2: So we're all on the same page. That's good. It that makes me feel better. Yeah,
0: we're right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right anything else last thoughts for general impressions or anything I think generally it seems like we all like this movie Yes Yeah uh, okay. yeah. uh yeah you hesitate now <laughs> I'm not, I'm not well, sure I, I... If you want to if you want to get into spe- specifics we'll get into the specifics Okay Okay Let's dive in Alright, so three of the four of us are on board with this movie. Andy, we're not sure about. We'll figure out the spoilers. So if you want to listen on and, and see what what Andy thinks. Uh, oh, I, from no, this...
3: I, I am very, very sure that I <laughs> very much enjoyed this movie. Okay, okay.
0: Four for four. All four of us enjoyed this movie. So if you haven't seen Thor, go out and check it out now. Uh, we're going to get into spoilers. Uh, after you see the movie, you can come back and listen to what we're getting into. If you haven't seen it yet, pause us. Come back after you've seen the movie. Final warning. Spoilers are ahead
1: wee ee Spoiler! We ee
0: Spoiler! You know, something like that. Alright, so we are into spoiler territory. Where would you guys like to start with specifics?
1: One, to me, the biggest question that I have from this whole movie for the MCU is, you know, as a whole. You know, it, it is when Asgard blows up. Okay. Two big questions. Just before that, Loki's going down to uh, to put Surtur's helmet in the Eternal Flame. Yeah. Yep. Yes, he yes. takes the Tesseract. So, right. One, he takes the Tesseract. Okay. Two, is the Eternal <laughs> Flame an Infinity Stone? And three, why on earth would Odin keep in his vault a fake Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs>
2: So I think, okay, so number one, the Tesseract, I think either a Loki definitely has it, because why not take he it definitely again? definitely has it. Definitely well, I think
3: it. I think he definitely has it, because I'm pretty sure that's Thanos' ship coming to find Loki, because he knows he has the Tesseract.
2: That is correct. At the end. Sure. Or, I mean, eventually, through the course of Infinity War, Thanos has to obtain it. You know, the, yeah. right? well, here's the thing, so, Josh. I don't know if
0: you. Let me stop you real quick. Yeah. Did you the leaked Avengers four trailer that they had showed at D twenty three and then San Diego Comic Con that was put online after the fact? Yeah. Did
2: you watch that when it was out? I did, but I think only once, and it was like the very, you know, shaky handheld kind of version. Yeah, the of quality it because, wasn't good. Uh, yeah. I mean, eventually, the the through the events. Of the first movie, Infinity War, I'm assuming will be most of the battle and journey of Thanos obtaining all the stones. Well, there was definitely a shot
0: in that quick little trailer they put out of Loki handing the Tesseract to Thanos.
2: Oh, so he's a dick.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's Loki, like, they've established Loki will do anything to save his ass. If Thanos knows he has the cube, and Loki thinks he's going to live if he gives him the cube... Yeah. That's what he's going to do. Regardless of what it, what repercussions that has, that's what he will do.
2: Now, the other possibility that I thought of was obvious, again, since it's self-defining that Thanos has to obtain it eventually, is that even if Loki doesn't have it at the moment, that it obviously survives the destruction of Asgard, which, as an Infinity Stone, I would not be surprised that it could do. So maybe no, he w- does or doesn't have it already, that. but you know he, he obviously he obtains it. Loki obtains it at some point to then hand off to Thanos. But um, do, you you guys are under the uh, you're in the camp of he already has it.
3: Oh yeah, when he when he gives that oh, little yeah. sideways glance to it when he's taking Surtur's mask to the Eternal Flame, yeah, you, you can pretty much make the assumption that he snagged it.
0: And I'm pretty sure the ship that Andy referred to, I'd seen Kevin Feige <clears throat> in an interview confirm the name of the ship which is the sanctuary 2.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: the name of the ship to me means nothing, but yeah. apparently that is the ship that belongs to Thanos in the black order. Mm-hmm. So to Andy's point, if Thanos can track these things somehow, he probably knows Loki has it, which again, if you've watched that uh, Avengers, that leaked trailer that they put out, the beginning of it opens with Thor floating through space and literally running into the guardians of the galaxy. So somehow he gets separated from the ship that he is on. So the ship that shows up at the mid credit scene, I'm assuming, goes for the Tesseract, attacks the ship, Thor gets blown out into space, separated, runs in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you have Avengers 4. I think, I think all the pieces are there. We just have sure. to see it play out at this point. But right. to your point, I would agree that if Loki, for some reason, does not have the cube, and Asgard goes kablooey, I would think the cube is powerful enough to survive that attack
3: and just float through space. Can the Infinity Stones be destroyed?
1: Has never uh, happened in Venice. the Marvel
3: comics? I was going to say, I don't think so. I didn't think so.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, my, in the They comics, just have to be separated. Happened. Yeah, they're separated, guarded, all that. Because really, if stuff. they were that
0: much of a threat to Thanos and, we, and people figure out that he's coming, they, I feel like they would have tried to destroy them already just to prevent yeah. him from getting them. Why keep them?
1: Yeah, good point. Although I mean in reality, well, not in reality, in the comics reality, the the only character I believe that could destroy an infinity stone is Scarlet Witch. Um, not in the not in the movies because they didn't give her the same power set, but she could just wish them out of existence in the comics. Hmm. And okay. They would be gone. I mean that she she can do that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um
0: so Mike, what are your are we I think we covered your first point. What were the other two again?
1: Is the eternal flame going to be an infinity stone or is the final infinity stone in Wakanda? I don't I'm gonna say no to both. Yeah, same. No to both.
3: Yeah. No to both. I actually read a theory about that final infinity stone. Okay. Um, I read a theory uh, that Heimdall actually has the final infinity stone. Interesting. He's just hanging on
0: to it to keep it from people, which is why he can see everything.
2: The soul stone. Um, I might be able to buy that. Yeah, because the
0: one the one we're missing is the soul stone. So whatever yeah. wherever this shows up, it it has to have some sort of properties that would lend itself to be the soul stone.
2: So
1: where so your assumption is that it's going to turn up for the first time in Infinity War then.
0: In my mind, yeah. that's the only logical place it's going to show up. I would have put my money on it showing up in this movie, but since I don't think it is readily apparent it is in this movie, I would think it's going to be the last one Thanos tracks down in Avengers four or 3 in, in Infinity War.
3: Yeah, I really expected Hela to have an Infinity Stone because she was so powerful, powerful enough to, you know, destroy Mjolnir. Right. Uh, you kind of expected her to be juiced up a bit. <laughs> okay. Well, one other theory, too,
0: that I had read, and, uh, actually, Josh, when I saw it the second time, I didn't pick up on it the first time, but when I saw it the second time, I went with Matt and Elena, and Elena turned to me and said, ooh, is that an infinity stone? And I was like, ooh, you picked up on an internet theory that I didn't even think about. Which is? The tip of Grandmaster's staff. Hmm. Whatever he uses to liquefy that guy, the end of it is orange, which is the color we're missing, I think? Mm Mm-hmm. Granted, it shows no properties. I feel like of a, of a soul stone. It doesn't like suck that guy's soul out. It just melts him.
3: So okay. every yeah, I mean, other stone you, up to this point, or has perhaps given some what sort happens of to property. your body
1: when they remove your soul? Yeah,
3: you don't know his soul's not in that orb. Well, it's, it's,
1: yeah. It could. Huh.
0: That's that's true. I mean, they don't. Again, they don't readily show you or tell you that it's in there. But they kept the Mind stone in Loki's staff for yeah two movies or three movies. So yeah, did they true. tell
3: us that it was going to show up in this movie, or is that all just? Fan theory? No, that's
0: yeah. I think we all just assumed
3: it would. Okay. Yeah. Because it doesn't
0: well, make sense for a stone to show up in Black Panther. No.
2: Why? I don't. Black Panther's not too. I I think it would be too well, much of a coincidence. Like it, well, it, it, yeah, it would. It yeah, would just seem is, though, too jammed w- in there.
1: Wakanda, even in the comics, is the most advanced society on the planet. And... Yeah. See,
0: this is what we talked about before. I think that if if Wakanda's advanced technology is reliant on an infinity stone. It takes away from what Wakanda when Conda does as a
2: culture. And I think it's too coincidental to have like a third Whoa. infinity stone show up on earth, which is why I was happy that it actually didn't show up in this movie because we have already had two stones tied to Thor movies and Asgard. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever the explanation they come up with, I think, yeah, that I, I I think a lot of people are under the impression that Infinity War is going to be the search for the stones, and the follow-up the next year, you know, rumored to be, be called Infinity Gauntlet, will be the actual fight. Yeah, and there might I could see there that. might be casualties along the way in the first one, but you know it, it the the. Write the reveal and the revelation and the explanation as to where the last one is, you know, maybe it's not the last one he obtains necessarily in order, but I I think you, if you were already going into Infinity War knowing where they all are, then you're just watching the movie waiting for him to get them all, because you know that's what's going to happen. So you don't necessarily have anything else to look for. That's new. It's just going to be what happens along the way as Thanos gets each of these things that we already know exist and where they are and who's protecting them. You need one more thing to be looking forward that you don't know yet. Well, do we
0: think it's possible that Thanos already has that one? And that's why we haven't seen it? It's possible.
1: Yeah, both are possible. I mean, that that to me seems fair. Wait, I mean, what you're saying about Wakanda seems fair. But it's also, there's some reason that their technology is so far advanced beyond the rest
2: of the world. Because
1: they're smarter than everyone.
0: I mean, it could be another well,
2: explanation, even if it's not just that, but...
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, Vibranium will put in a lot to that, too. But that's what I mean, like, if if they're over reliance on an Infinity Stone to get them above and beyond everyone else... It, I feel like, again, it takes away from what that culture does and what they can do with Vibranium. Okay. But I don't know. To me, I, I would I would be pissed if they did that. But again, that's that's my opinion, I guess. I, I would rather see the Wakandans be smart enough and scientific enough to use Vibranium the way they do to enhance their culture and lifestyle and all that stuff, as opposed to just seeping power off of an Infinity Stone to make that happen.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
2: I think it's also um, I think it's also more exciting to be able fr- from a storyteller's point of view and from a writer's point of view to be able to create and offer an explanation and you know for the set designers for the art department to put together a whole world to explain how that came to be other than oh well they have one of those power stones yeah Oh, th- it would be I lazy from... storytelling, absolutely. I... Yeah, <laughs> and I, th- I, mean, I think it's like you know, it's an opportunity for the creative side of people to get to work. You know. Okay. Uh,
0: Mike, what was your third point again?
1: Why
2: the did hell we, would they
0: have
1: it? a fake Infinity Gauntlet?
0: Oh, that's it. Okay. In his um... home?
1: why
2: keep a fake one? Uh, presuming he doesn't know it's fake. Or, there's a lot... I feel like Odin has to know it's yeah, fake. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it's Odin we're talking about. That's not... As soon as I said that, now, I tripped over myself. Well, <laughs> granted,
0: like, Odin might know it's
2: fake, but that doesn't mean everybody else doesn't know it's fake. Correct. And after all the revelations of this yeah, but movie, who gets into maybe that he's trying vault. to cover up.
1: That vault seems like it's extremely limited access.
0: Well, yeah, I guess that's just the thing. Like, if, if for whatever reason, someone shows up to just raid the vault... They could take everything in there, and only half the stuff could be real.
1: Okay, so what did they accomplish by only half of it being real, then?
0: Well, I mean, you're still
1: not giving them everything, is sort of the way I'm seeing it. So then you're assuming that Odin would then also have to have the actual Infinity Gauntlet. Because if you have a real one, and you put a fake one in there as a decoy, that makes sense. But just to put a decoy in there makes no sense.
0: Well, we've seen the actual gauntlet. Thanos has the gauntlet, the real gauntlet.
1: Right. Which is why I'm asking the question: Why have a fake? I, out? I
0: don't know. I just feel like just is a fake out, just to if anybody thinks it's the real one, then they just think it's locked up, or I don't know. Word gets around that it's in.
3: I could see Odin producing the fake one to um, give a sense of security to his Asgardian uh, realm Hell, yeah. realms, okay. that, like he can present it in front of the court and be like. Look what I have. We have nothing to worry about. Thanos is not an issue. We have the gauntlet. I will place it in the most secure secure location that I know. The vault at Asgard. This is also... Mike, this is also a movie that establishes
0: Odin lies out his ass. Yeah, I was just thinking so, that.
3: Yes, yes, very much so.
0: So, yeah, there's I, to, to Andy's point, I think he would do something exactly like that.
2: Or, like... He, just, well, just to cover his yeah, ass. Yeah, he accidentally effed up and lost it or had to relinquish control, etc., and to save face, yeah, why not have a convincing replica? I did, you know, I did like that they at least addressed that in this movie, because... It's been lingering out there.
0: Yeah, since that prop has been there since Thor 1, and then we see at the end credits of Avengers 2, Thanos actually has the gauntlet, so then everyone's thinking, well, what the fuck is the one in the vault? So they establish right now that it's fake, it means nothing, it's worthless. Pretty
4: convenient. Right. Huh? And,
1: and I think, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that was the. It's a retcon, to be sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Yes. laughs> it, it, and and that's fine. It's just. It, it's frustrating when they just are like, ah, it's fake. And but I, would you
0: rather them not address it at all, though?
1: I'd rather Thanos have the fake one and think he has the real one.
4: Oh.
0: Okay. Well, I—I that would have been a fun twist, except. Like we talked about earlier, the the place that held the the quote unquote real real one is now destroyed.
1: Well, yeah, I know that.
0: I don't but, think they can give like Loki walk out of the vault with arms full of crap that he just stole before he everything blew up.
3: So, so Master I have a follow illusion. Okay, point point taken. <laughs> so I have a follow-up question to Mike's final question. How did Hella okay. know that was a fake?
2: She may have helped Odin she was there when he lost it it. yeah yeah maybe maybe it was a uh peace offering maybe it was like as they say they were going around conquering civilizations and other realms and areas and whatnot and maybe uh thanos was poking around too and just to basically buy him off they're like look we'll give you the gauntlet you hold on to that, assuming that it would be very impractical that he would ever get all the stones. Okay. Okay. Like, you you, yeah, I mean, you stay over there, we'll stay over here.
0: At this point, really, they could retcon whatever they want to, if, if they want to go back and
2: try to explain that. As long as it, as long as, it it doesn't even have to, well, it would be great if it would be ultra creative and really cool. As long as it makes sense with what they've already shown me, I'll be okay with it. Yeah. If it fits, that will minimally suffice. If it fits, it ships. Boom. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I shipped my pants yesterday. (laughs) Uh,
0: All right. Um. So that was where Mike wanted to start. Anybody else have anything they want to address or talk about?
2: Uh, I'll just get this out of the way now. Um, when are we getting the Korg and, and, and Meek <laughs> spinoff hour? That was immediately
0: I, what I walked out of this movie thinking, too. If, I want if, that so bad.
2: If, if I'm sorry to say this, but if Thor is floating through space, what makes you think that Korg and Meek are going to
3: survive the attack
2: of Oh, I don't care. That, like, I, they, that could be true, too. They could give me, like, make a series of the one shot. Ch- you know how we had that idea for the uh, uh Bucky and Three Falcon? Captain Americas and a Beetle. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Give me, like, a small series of vignettes of, like, Korg's time at the arena before Thor. <laughs> I want to see... No, no, I got it. I want to see Korg's attempted rebellion with the insufficient pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You could do another one shot of Korg meeting Doug for the first time.
2: Yes! And like, Doug is kind of like his Wilson after he dies. Like, he's just left there in the. (laughs) He's just holding the guy's head. For some reason.
0: (laughs) Talks to Doug every now and again. Yeah.
2: That that character and that whole interaction, like him and and Meek with their little friendship and running around together, like, oh my god, that was charming as hell.
0: (laughs) Mm hmm. I, like I said, there was a whole bunch of laugh out loud moments for me. I think every fucking one of Korg's <laughs> lines had me busting out laughing. Oh, God.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Oh, Mink's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stomped on him by accident during the battle. <laughs> and I felt so guilty about it,
0: I've just been carrying him around <laughs> ever since. <Yeah.
2: laughs> oh, no, look, look, there he is. No, he's not dead. Look at that.
0: <laughs> Even, like... I think, like Josh was saying, there are certain jokes that, like, you could see the setup coming, but like the whole thing of like Asgard can be rebuilt on the foundations and <laughs> yeah. then it blows up, and then nope, those foundations are gone. <laughs> oh, that was great when Loki disappears and he runs at the where he was and like kicks high kicks the air. Piss off, ghost. <laughs> that was great
2: because <laughs> he wasn't even part of that scene. Like, yeah, he whole, just runs from completely off screen. The whole scene <laughs> has come to a close. It could have just been over, but nope, nope, nope. Here he comes. He was right off screen. He heard, he heard commotion,
0: and then you see Meek like run around from the other yeah. side, like ready to kill somebody, <laughs> <laughs> like swing his swords.
2: <laughs> oh, so much more of that.
0: Yeah, and then I think I just put up a video that Hemsworth tweeted today. That was the like a minute long video of "Rest in Peace, Mjolnir."
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And it it was like him reminiscing about the hammer, and it ends with like the whole conversation in, that they have in the arena between Korg and Thor, where he's describing the hammer, and Korg's telling him <laughs> like, "Well, you wrote the hammer, rode you? Yeah, no, you you rode the hammer. The hammer pulled you <laughs> off.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing is on there.
0: It's so great. And then the video ends, which I think this scene was had to have been cut from the movie because I don't remember it. Thor's going through weapons, picks up an actual hammer like something you hit nails with, yeah, really. throws it, and it doesn't come back to him, and he looks so disappointed, and then it ends. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God. This is so, great. So who actually forged Mjolnir?
1: Was it Odin? No. It, Mjolnir, Mjolnir would have been forged by the uh, dwarves of Asgard. They work <laughs> in the forges underneath Asgard, and they are the only beings in the universe capable of forging anything out of uru. Um, is that like Mithril? <laughs> well, Uru's the what, what the hammer's made of. Like they, they're the only ones capable of melting it, forming it into weapons, doing anything with it. Um, the difference is, is it has Odin's blessing, so it's made of Uru, but it has Odin's blessing as well. Um, really cool little tidbit from Fear itself line of comics. Uh, from. Uh, a few years back, um, the dwarves of Asgard, in order to fight uh, off whatever the hell they were fighting, and that the Red Skull's daughter becomes something. I can't remember exactly what she becomes, <laughs> but they're fighting her off, and they need more firepower, so you end up with a whole lot of like the Avengers ending up with Uru forged weapons. So, yep. I- Iron Man gets a fully Uru-forged Iron Man suit. Uh, you get... They, the one I was hoping that they didn't do was, like, adding Uru to the adamantium for Wolverine. I was I was hoping to see <laughs> that just for the hell of it, but that didn't happen. But Ares gets, like, an Uru war axe and oh, all these different things. But they're the ones who forge the Uru. And then, with Odin's blessing, it should have been invulnerable. Um... The, that that's the main difference because all their weapons would be made of that same metal, but the blessing enchantment, whatever you want to call it, that Odin puts on Mjolnir is very much different.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad to some extent that they left that out of the mythology of the show. It might have just seen like I it, it, it would have no way it would not have pulled me out quite a bit and made me thought of Lord of the Rings way too much. <laughs> it, it,
1: it it may have added actually some good humor, because even in the comics, dwarves are always drunken bastards that just curse <laughs> everybody that comes anywhere near them. Um, but, I, I don't know, I breaking of Mjolnir was kind of... I don't know. Yeah, that that's really against everything that makes Mjolnir Mjolnir.
0: Well, I guess they just said that it's a crutch that Thor has used for, well, since he's been in the MCU. So it's one. It's just like when you watched uh, the the latest Star Trek movie, Star Trek um, Beyond. Like the crutch is the Enterprise. So you take away the crutch, and then you have to have them deal with the aftermath. It's the same thing with Thor he his reliance on his hammer, you take the hammer away and you see what he does. Oh. So I was I was okay with
1: that. I mean as far as character progression went with it, I thought it was a good story device, plot device to have yeah. it destroyed. As far as everything else goes, I I don't know about destroying Mjolnir. Like it just I don't know. It goes against what Mjolnir is. I mean there's I even believe there's certain lines from the comics where Mjolnir itself is a god that deems you worthy or not. And it's not even Odin. <laughs> you know, it. it's... I don't know. That, to me, is a stretch. Yeah. They could have had him lose it instead of having it broken.
3: Well, that, yeah. that was the first
1: four. No, no. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we saw that movie already. <laughs> I don't mean like take it away I mean Mjolnir itself decides he's not worthy as opposed to Odin taking it away from him the hammer decides he's no longer worthy
2: well doesn't that happen for half of Thor
0: yeah I think that would play too similar to the first Thor movie
2: if, if they anthropomorphized it, it would, if they anthropomorphize the hammer back. well to some degree because in, in the first Thor it is Odin that it, they're portraying that it is Odin who puts the you know if you're worthy hex right. on it to begin with yeah if they had made Mjolnir seem of more like its own little uh individual being sentient being of some kind then yeah I could kind of get that but uh well, I will say Odin, the way... go
1: ahead I was gonna say with Odin dying in the beginning of this what happens to that? And maybe that's the reason Mjolnir is able to be broken. Is because Odin dies, Hela shows up, uh, Mjolnir is no longer as powerful without Odin around.
0: No, I didn't really think about that.
1: I was maybe sort of th- I... yeah,
3: maybe it's just an Uru, forged hammer at that point without the blessing.
4: Yeah.
0: See, I kind of put it together that like, because when when Hela tears down the mural in the top of the the throne room. It shows her wielding the hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if maybe there's... Because like she's had a connection with the hammer before, it gives her some sort of control over the hammer, like Thor? As in just someone else who can handle it, and maybe she's between her power and being able to use it before she's able to crush it? I that was sort of where my train of thought went. Yeah. Okay. It made sense in my mind. And
1: whether or not it makes sense to you guys, I don't know. But it made <laughs> sense to me. And can we talk about what happened before that, which is my... I, I probably my favorite use of Mjolnir in the entire series when he just puts it in the dragon's mouth and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the dragon can't move. It's just he's just standing there waiting, like eh.
0: considering considering he lost the hammer at like the end of Act One. The hammer got a lot of screen time and did
2: some really cool shit prior to that. So That's I true. Was, I was happy. Which okay, here's more of a, or like a really stupid geeky question, but if the hammer is that heavy. When Thor is holding it, and somebody is trying to hold Thor, why is it not already that heavy? So he had to put the hammer in the dragon's mouth for it to weigh him down, but the dragon was already holding Thor, who was holding the hammer, so why is it not
1: it, heavy? It, it's it's not that the hammer's that heavy. It is that you... it's the enchantment that you literally cannot lift it unless you are worthy.
2: So it it's almost becomes... So it becomes somewhat weightless in his hands?
0: If Thor is holding it, it's good to go. So if, if yeah. Thor is holding it and you are holding Thor, you're just basically picking up Thor. But if Thor
2: right. hit, but if Thor hits you with that hammer while he's still holding it, it's still going to hit you with all that force of that power and enchantment. Right. But it, it's... It, I'm, I'm, working, Thor, I'm working with Earth physics
1: here. If Thor <laughs> isn't holding it, okay? Yeah. The enchantment does not allow it to move. I'm with that. So if he drops it in that dragon's mouth... Yes. The dragon cannot move that thing, because nobody but Thor can move it. Well, right. Nobody... It? Right, nobody but someone who is worthy can move it. Right. It, it, right. It's an in, it's magic, it's not weight. Think of it in, that, in those terms.
2: I'm trying, I, I'm still just seeing... Inconsistencies that honestly really don't matter. It just bugged me.
0: Yeah, I think you could just explain it away as it's a magical hammer.
1: It's yes. magic.
2: It doesn't obey the laws of physics. It's science. It's a bit of both.
1: <laughs> well, the thing of it this way, it, it sits perfectly fine on the glass table in Age of Ultron.
2: Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, wait, but that but yeah, that doesn't make sense either. It doesn't <laughs> break the glass
1: cap almost moves it right it's like that it's it literally it.
2: it's literally that conversation that cap and uh tony stark have at the end of age of ultra if where they are it about, in an elevator yeah, elevator still goes up. up doesn't mean the elevator's worthy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right I'll, I'll let that go <laughs> um i the, said the, the one the only real thing that bugged me about the movie and it, it, it wasn't about this movie it was about the fact that the imagery that I've been waiting three movies to see, which is Thor being the god of thunder and lightning, didn't happen until the third movie. And it was after he had his most iconic look taken away from him. That sh- the, the, the shots towards the end, when you see his just lightning-filled eyes... And just lightning all around him because he's like a conduit for it. Mm -hmm. There's not one shot in either of the first two movies that is that dead on and that cool looking. And it would have looked way better if you still had him in like with his like long bleach blonde hair. Even in like even most of his armor and cape like just for a little bit. Just lit the frick up like the god of lightning. Yeah. That was the only thing that bugged me. I, like, I'd say I loved it here. I just wish it wouldn't have taken them so long to get to.
1: Now, now I, I have to say about that moment, and it may be because I play too much Destiny, but were you not thinking <laughs> at least a little bit about a stormcaller at that moment?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't then, but I do now.
1: I've <laughs> I, I seen them start going crazy with lightning going everywhere, and I'm just kind of like. This is kind of like a storm Stormcaller mixed with a Striker Titan at the same time, and he's just smashing things. <laughs> and it, it just, it appeared that way to me, the way it, the the lightning surrounded him when he started to yeah, it. Yeah,
3: it
0: was a cool effect. It looked really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to point out, too, that, like, marketing-wise, they did a good good job, I think, because uh, when Thor lost an eye, that surprised the crap out of me. Yeah. yeah. And some of those shots that they use in that final third of the film, in the film, he's missing an eye, but in the promos and trailers, he has both eyes. It's the same shot. Yeah. It's just, you know, post-production effects and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool that they still hid that that way. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why we haven't seen – like, I was expecting, or crossing my fingers, that we would get an Avengers Infinity War trailer prior to Thor – but because Thor is missing an eye and now has an eye patch, that's probably why you didn't get a trailer because that spoils that part of the movie.
3: Well, when and you, that carries over when, into Infinity War. When you see Thor floating in space, is he missing an eye? In uh, the teaser thing you found in the SC. That's a good point.
0: He was not. But if they can fix that for the trailers, I have no doubt they could fix that for right Infinity War.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming. Probably. I mean, they're shooting the scenes regularly, then either going back and doing reshoots with makeup or just CGI. So they don't necessarily... It's not It's not like they're shooting it, like, missing one eye and then fixing it by giving him his eye back. They're just not adding the effect of taking the eye away.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it's all in the computer.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and can I also say that at the end of that there, I... I... It's going to sound bad, but he looked a little less Odin-like and a little more space piratey to me <laughs> with the eye patch. Um, it looked cool as shit. What's wrong with space pirates? I'm not saying right, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It looked very cool. He pulled it off. It was fine. It just Andy, we said pirate like 3 times. Where are you? Arg, arg, arg. It just gave me more of that I, impression. I, you know. I, I could see it.
0: Um. Anybody got anything else they want to touch on? I still have my list of stuff, I think, to roll
2: through. Uh, Jeff Goldblum plays Jeff Goldblum better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> did I see somewhere in the commercials that he gave it 10 out of 10 Goldblum? <laughs> I, 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 did, I did hear that. <laughs> that, that is awesome. <laughs> his his part he you could tell he was just having so much fun, like this might be the only appearance he ever has uh he might play a small role here or there like in in some other chapter, but
0: he needs a one shot now too, yes,
2: yes, like when I heard like oh my God, they're adding both jeff Goldblum and kate Blanchett just to thor, let alone you know the m c u in like one movie, and oh my god, he just he did he jeff goldblum the hell out of that part <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't even care like I ca- i'm i like jeff goldblum is pretending to be the grandmaster and and just like saying he has these lines and this is what he likes and okay he's in charge of this weird planet thing area whatever i i holy crap he chewed the scenery in the best <laughs> possible ways when
0: he, like, gets behind that turntable and starts playing music, <laughs> yeah. and then, like, Loki and Thor are whispering, and he just pops up next to them, and they're like, Ah, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> It
4: kills me.
1: I, I thought he was fantastic, as always. You know, they, and as far as new people they added to the movie, I can remember... <sighs> Maybe the first or second discussion we had about the trailers and the movie itself, we discussed who Sam Neill was going to be playing in this movie. Meanwhile, it's for a bit part as a play act on a stage in the movie, and I was kind of like confused as to why the hell they would go out and get Sam Neill to play that two second part on screen.
0: See, if we talked about that, I completely forgot about it going into this movie. And then I had to look at Odin in the play really, really good, and I'm like I'm like, I know that should be someone. Who is it? And yeah. then it finally dawned on me that it was Sam Neill. and I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. I You're so distracted by Matt Damon that oh, it's yeah. hard to look at the other and, cast of that play. Oh yeah.
1: Well, did you also notice the person playing Thor was the other Hemsworth brother? Not the yep. other Hemsworth brother, but the other yeah, other <laughs> the Hemsworth brother. <laughs> the lesser known Hemsworth um, brother. And <laughs> and my wife pointed that out to me because I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like,
2: okay. Yeah, sure. I didn't know who that was.
0: I had to look that one up, because I figured he had to be somebody, but the face wasn't immediately apparent to me. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, that's that's Luke's, Luke Hem- Hemsworth, not Liam Hemsworth. Correct. It's the other Hemsworth.
2: Yes, the other other Hemsworth. <laughs> um, and, uh, actually, but- if, you, if you look at the credits, uh, one of the young women who ask for Thor for the selfie when they go to Earth, and they're, like, standing on that city street corner. Her last name is Hemsworth, too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, oh, really? How many Hemsworth okay. are there? I can't find who she is, because in her bio, it doesn't say anything about, like, spouse of this person or sister of that person. But, yeah, her last name is Hemsworth, too. That's
1: funny. So it's either
2: coincidence well, I guess it's the person
0: shooting in Australia, right? <laughs> they shot this in Australia, which is Hemsworth's, like, hometown, right? Yeah. He's from Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her... Yeah. He was just pulling all kinds of family members in for this one.
2: Yeah, her name, her name is Taylor Hemsworth, and she is college girl number two. <laughs> well, she got a part. So what did you guys
0: think of the Matt Damon cameo? Was that too much for you, or did you like that? Did it pull you out? Not at all.
1: No. I, I I thought, you know, like, pull out a little bit, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's welcome. At that stage yeah. of the movie, it's very welcome. It was wonderful.
2: Um, Well,
0: it's like, it's Loki's play. Loki is the one putting on the play. So it's just like, who would Loki cast as himself? Matt Damon.
4: (laughs)
1: Which? Go ahead. I was going to say, that the thing that came to my mind having watched that is, wasn't Matt Damon in consideration to play Loki to begin with? And wasn't Uh, Sam Neill in consideration to play Odin to begin with?
0: That I don't know. From what I read, Hemsworth and Damon are actually really good friends, so Hemsworth, Hemsworth just called him up and said, hey, you want to do this bit part? And he said, yeah. Oh. Okay. Sam Neill is frequently in Taiki Waititi's movies, so that was why he got pulled right. in. And okay. Hemsworth,
2: just because it's funny that it's Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like, I knew why Luke
1: Hemsworth was there. That was just like, okay.
2: Uh, and I feel ashamed that I didn't put this together on my own, but I did read later, and it makes absolute sense as well. This is Matt Damon's second time playing Loki.
1: Yes. Dogma.
2: He played The Fallen Angel Loki in Dogma. Oh,
1: okay. Yep. Which would have made another really good cameo to have Ben Affleck over there and
2: Right. Just, just for the hell of it. <laughs> right, like, Loki, just what are somehow. You doing? Like even like just dressed just as say, as Bartleby. You. Come on. <laughs> yeah, just dre- like dressed as Bartleby from Dogma in yeah. Asgard. Don't explain it.
1: Yes. Just don't have him say anything. Just standing there looking.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that has to be
0: somewhere in the fine print of a Warner Brothers contract. (laughs) that While you are currently contracted in a DC movie, you cannot appear in a Marvel movie. I'm
2: sure. So as
0: funny as that would be, I'm sure it's just legally not possible.
2: Probably not, but I'm waiting for someone to Photoshop him in. So, like, when, when, when the camera turns back toward odin well like loki impersonating odin and he has like his you know entourage and servants around him on that bench on that chase lounge that just somehow someone's gonna insert ben affleck as some version of a character he's played like like i said maybe (laughs) maybe bartleby from dogma and he's just chilling there
1: and honestly i think if he went to a dc you know the uh, warner brothers executive and was like hey listen this is why we want to do this it's just this stupid cameo thing for this joke <laughs> that they want to tell in the movie I'm like nope that joke's gonna make the movie they still would have said that. we can't have a joke that good in their <laughs> oh, movie. Yeah. We, can't, we can't allow that there's no know. way they would have allowed that but yeah that would have been hilarious
0: <laughs> uh, alright so I got a couple of things I want to try to get to before we because I don't know how much time we get left Shoot. Um, so Spinning off of the Loki discussion, do, do you how do you guys feel about him basically being turned into an anti-hero now? Are you okay with that, or you still want him to be the bad guy?
1: Was he an anti-hero, though?
0: They keep playing him up like he's got some good in him, and he's he's helping I everybody out by the end. I think you're still... Loki
1: just like Thor does.
0: I've, so you're still thinking he's just going to betray everybody, he's just there for his own means? And...
1: Yeah, I think he plays the good part just so he can get back to doing what he has to do. The only okay. time he went full-on same side as Thor is when they killed Frigga. He was yeah. raven pissed they killed my mom. And then he was back to being Loki immediately after that. He's like, but I'm still going to take Asgard over. You know, it was like, as soon as the people that did him wrong were gone, all right, Asgard's mine. Um, yeah, that's fair. It, he's he's gonna look out for number 1 and he has the ability to do it with evilness in his mind and i don't think he's ever going to be the anti-hero. I think See that's what i'm hoping. I'm i just i keep getting
0: the impression that because Loki is a popular character and women like him that they're going to spin him to somehow be a redeemable hero by the end of all this.
2: By the very end I don't know. I I <laughs> Someone at work today, we were talking about the movie, they also, they pointed out to me, isn't it amazing how easily the Marvel Universe forgives characters who commit mass genocide? Yeah. Uh, and I guess not just the MCU, but like not only him, but you look at uh, like X-Men uh, Apocalypse, Magneto killed like thousands of people <laughs> <laughs> all over the globe. And at the, at, like the last shot of the movie, he's in like a turtleneck and Docker's like, at Xavier's school, like, well, I guess these kids got it a oh, handle on it now. I'll be seeing you, Charles. Like, he should probably have been killed 17 times for yep. what he's done. Uh, same thing with Logie, Like, he killed a lot of people. Hundreds, thousands of people on Earth during that invasion. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was, you know, uh, a lot of Asgardians were killed in the Dark World. But but yeah. he just kind of seems to be allowed to skate over. Like, really, I mean, Thor pretty much should remove his head from his body. <laughs> well, and that's part of the thing with Loki is if he was
1: actually... If they were actually going to try to execute him, they probably couldn't. He could probably just make it look like you executed him. And he's God knows where. Maybe.
2: I mean, he's so any that death that Loki goes
0: through, they could they could retcon it if they wanted to.
2: Yep. I I I, I was happy with the use of his character. I, I I think especially after the Dark World, uh, this was like back to really good Loki, like we saw in Avengers.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, can we talk about uh, Kate Blanchett? Yes. What do you you, you want to talk about? Start start us off. You brought it up. (laughs) Well, you know how we always have this conversation about uh, rather meaningless MCU villains, like one Mm shot or something like that. I don't know where you guys thought she ranked or her character.
0: Definitely better. As far as Thor villains, I mean, she's behind Loki if you compare between, you know, the, the the three Thor movies. Malekith's still the most pointless Marvel villain ever, not just in a Thor movie. Um. But yeah, I definitely think Hella's up there. They, they kind I of think, fleshed I think, her
3: out a lot better than they did a lot of the other MCU villains. Yeah, in my opinion.
0: and they established her very quickly as being a badass, mm-hmm. and that helps too. Well, yeah, like within, what,
3: 10 seconds of seeing her on screen, she destroys the owner, so you're like, holy fuck. Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that already set the stage for her. But yeah, I think she did a really good job. I think Yeah, I think they did flesh her out well enough that I think she's, she's top tier- one of the Marvel villains for me.
1: I also wouldn't hold your breath on her coming back. Um
0: that was going to be one of my other questions if we think she's actually gone.
1: It, it, it being Hella and who she is um I'm not sure that Surtur could actually kill her. Plus um, I don't think
0: we see like her body be disintegrated or anything like that. No, I feel like just she just kind
1: sword. of falls. Yeah, you just see the sword impale her supposedly in that would drive her back down to basically where she was before, which is hell. Yeah. Um, which she was reigning over while she was there waiting for Odin to die. Um so yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to have her back at some point. Um perhaps even in a significant role if they were to choose it. Uh, yeah, that
0: was sort of my big theory of this whole thing. I thought they'd establish that better. And I'm, Mike, if I'm thinking the same thing you are, that Thanos is trying to impress Marvel's version of death, which in the Marvel universe is a female character. Hela continually says she is the goddess of death. Yeah. To me, that's a logical connection. And I think it would help Infinity War if Thanos is actually, if that's part of Thanos's motivation when you get to Infinity War, instead of introducing just a new character that's supposed to be the embodiment of death, and you're like, who the fuck is this? If Hela shows up and he's, like, bowing to her and trying to woo her, now you have this connection to that character that you've already seen her in a movie before, and I think that would lend a lot more to the story and Thanos' motivations. But right. nothing in this movie, to me, I feel like hints at that. No, I well, don't feel like they
1: hinted I, at her I in that
3: way. thought but, that it could have been a hint when she's called the uh, gauntlet Fake. That she did have dealings with Thanos before, because she knew that Thanos had the. Uh, oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Had the had the uh, actual gauntlet.
0: Yeah. Okay, I could see that.
1: Not to mention how much Kate Blanchett could help Infinity War just be by being Kate Blanchett.
3: Yeah. Oh man, she! I thought she kicked the shit out of that movie. That role. Uh,
0: one thing. Part of her entrance, I think, that still bugs me, uh, when she comes up the Bifrost and finally gets to Asgard, and how she takes out the Warriors 3 without, like, oh, so much as a God. wink. Those characters, I felt like, deserve so much more than what they got there. I think Zach Levi's Fandral doesn't even say a, a line of dialogue. He yells at her and runs, and then he's out.
2: Does he? I don't even remember that, to be honest. It happens so quickly, and... Yeah, she's there for two seconds, and then there's, like, six knives in both of them, and then they're dead. Mm -hmm. At at least they gave the other guy, like, at least some fight scene to have. Why could they have just done that with all three of them? She ultimately... That's what I was thinking. She ultimately prevails, but they they all, at least the three of them, if they were going to be there, at at least get to go down that way.
0: Like, how much screen time would it have given the movie, an extra five minutes, if you just choreograph a fight scene with all of them taking her out? And if they get... Some sort of extended fight sequence trying to defeat her and then ultimately failing. That just makes her look like more of a badass yes. than just surprising everyone and killing them. Yes. Right. So Fandral and Volstag could have just been any Asgardian just sitting there in the Bifrost getting stabbed. And then she moves on to fight H- Hodor with the two of them in an army of Asgardians behind them. Like that could have been a badass fucking fight sequence. Yep. So where my, we, not to my, mention, my Lady Sif question, is gone, yeah. and no one fucking mentions her at
1: yeah, all. That's I was going to ask where Lady Sif, Sif was. <laughs> what, like, it, they're just ignoring that altogether. They couldn't get Jamie Alexander back for the movie, so they're just like, Meh, just ignore I it." I mean, the
0: only good thing about that is if they want to bring Sif back, they can because she's never in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's not. So mentioned, we
0: have to assume she lives somewhere.
3: And she's had dealings with Agents of Shield on Earth before. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. So, I mean, she could have been on Earth doing some Agents of Shieldy type thing. <laughs> yeah. I
1: also think they didn't want the conflicting love interests in this um, for Thor, the way they had had in previous films. Um,
0: well, there there is no love interest in this movie for Thor. You didn't get the spark between him and Valkyrie. Small, but like it's it wasn't leaned into as much as they did on other movies. between Thor and Sif and stuff
1: like that. And and then that's why I think Sif isn't there, is because if she was there, they would have had to have done that. That would have to be a story, a, a part of the arc, in some way, shape, or form, explaining something, at least, as to why they are together, aren't together, what's going on with that, because they couldn't just ignore it. They couldn't start that arc and play it through two movies with him and Jane and Sif, and then just be like not mention it in this movie.
2: Yeah. So maybe that was just more a matter of convenience than anything else. Could be.
0: Yeah, they don't know what to do with her, so they just cut her out.
2: Or they just couldn't get her back.
1: They were, like... I mean, she isn't
0: a full-time television show, so her availability might be limited, too.
1: Right. Which could be the very reason they don't say anything about it, so that when she's not... It's as simple as bringing the character back in when they feel the need.
3: Right. I read uh, something
1: interesting about Valkyrie, actually, that uh,
3: she actually is bisexual. Yay! Hey. Okay. Room for everybody. Sure. <laughs> um, the I guess uh, there's theories that the woman that throws herself in front of Valkyrie uh, while they're fighting the goddess of death was her lover. Well, can which we is why uh, okay. which is why she goes on this alcoholic binge and whatnot?
2: Could okay. be. I could buy it.
0: Well, I think that character too is supposed to be actually the model of Valkyrie yeah. that she looks like in the comics too, was the blonde haired one.
1: Well, and I was gonna say we should also address that this girl er, the the girl in this movie is not the Valkyrie. She is a Valkyrie. Yeah, okay. And I'm drawing that just because she's not shown in what she's telling Thor about or anything like that is leading them into battle. Because the Valkyrie led the Valkyries into battle, which is why they were called the Valkyries. She's shown, you know, kind of off to the side as part of the battle, not as the warrior herself, but as one of them. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that what we've seen in that character is the Valkyrie but I do think what you're saying is they showed a model of sorts of what the Valkyrie is supposed to look like right in that scene and so perhaps the Valkyrie is dead and the Valkyries themselves are dead but for her and she's the last existing one
3: so does she have a name other than they call her Valkyrie and, uh, I don't even
1: think he specifically calls her Valkyrie in this movie.
3: 239, or what the fuck did they call her? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: You're my favorite
1: killer. What?
0: <laughs> um, talking about the Valkyrie it just reminded me of something that I felt like I was getting waiting for a payoff for that never happened. Um, so later in the movie, when Hulk becomes Bruce Banner... And Banner and Valkyrie keep crossing paths and they keep looking at each other like, I know you. And they're sort of like playfully, almost like flirting, I feel like. Prior to that, you're seeing Valkyrie, again, sort of have that same attitude with Hulk. I started putting pieces together thinking like Valkyrie and Hulk like got it on. And then when Banner changed, that was why they sort of knew each other because like they hooked up. <laughs> and I was waiting for the for the revelation of like, oh, you're the big green monster I had sex with. But it never came.
2: I'm not granted she's as guardian, but I'm not sure I want to consider the mechanics of that.
0: Yeah, the yeah the way that works, I didn't know, but I just <laughs> figured it might be a joke that would pay off later. I just felt like they were setting the stage for that, and it never happened.
2: Gotcha. I, I I thought it was just more that she could sense there's something familiar about Banner, and he obviously has like distant back of the mind memories of her, you know, mm. from being. The Hulk, but she obviously she didn't put the two together till the end. Oh, springboarding into that. How awesome was that moment where he jumps out of the plane and just splatters on the rainbow bridge? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a crash test dummy. I <laughs> love that. Yeah.
1: He's like, ah, oh, the Hulk will save me before I land. Nope. <laughs>
0: now it looked like to me Banner was just fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, his eyes almost look like they're rolled back in the back of his head. His neck looks like it's bent in a really awkward direction. (laughs) Which sort of springs off this. So, Banner sets the stage earlier in the movie. If I change again, I might not change back. Do we think Banner is stuck as the Hulk?
1: I think they're going to use that, yeah.
0: So, it'll be...
2: uh, It could. I I think Mark Ruffalo is too good at this job. That honestly, I don't, I don't want to see him as the Hulk the whole time, and not for the like existential struggle of him not wanting to be the Hulk. Um, I just think he is fun to watch on screen, and he's fun to watch as Bruce Banner. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll give you a for instance on how that could play out if they gave Hulk a solo movie, like a Planet Hulk or World War Hulk movie. Okay. Um, in that. In several comics, you'll actually see Banner in his own mind. I mean, you'll get, like, mental images within the Hulk, where he's battling it out with Banner for control. So you could still get plenty of screen time for Mark Ruffalo, and have Hulk still stuck as Hulk.
2: Okay. Okay. I don't eh, I mean just as a as a viewer I don't know if I would enjoy that as much as watching him, you know, in the world that everyone else is and interacting with those characters, but as a way of, of getting him in there, yeah, I could see that. So I don't think we're ever going to get
0: a Hulk solo movie. At, at least not anytime soon because I think the rights are still tied up with Universal in some way. Yeah. So they're they're somehow allowed to put him in in ensemble movies, but solo Hulk movies can't be made.
1: Yeah, which is a damn shame, because I I would really enjoy that. And, you know, it'll really upset me. I mean, it won't upset me if this 20th Century Fox thing happens. Yeah. But it'll upset me at least a little that Old Man Logan, in the movie for that, happens just before this, when we could have had the Hulk properly in there as a villain. (laughs) You know, like, right then and then then they merge and allow it to happen and then god damn it we could have had the hulk we could have had the wolverine cutting himself outside of hulk after hulk eats him like (laughs) it it could have happened
0: yeah i'm sure all the if that deal goes down i'm sure all the x-men are recast so you'll be getting all new versions of everybody if that ever
2: happens (laughs) wishful thinking we'll see uh the the last individual piece that i think of that uh hasn't been brought up yet I enjoyed the heck out of Carl Urban as Scourge. Carl Urban's a good actor. Yeah. He really is. I, I never I... really noticed that before, but he
3: <laughs> is. <laughs> like, Quietly Under the Radar has become one of my favorites.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean... Um, it, uh, it, that... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that moment, <laughs> that first introduction, you get to him, and he's talking to like the obvious kind of like floozy airhead as Guardian ladies. Um, and he's trying to be, you know, Mr. Macho and impress them. Just that, <laughs> with the shake weight. <laughs> oh my God! Like that. Yeah. That, the, even before that, that moment where he's, you know, talking himself up, and then he just ends with, "Behold, my stuff." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a pile of junk. Pile of junk with a with a freaking scooter there. Oh my God, I died. Yeah, there's like a moped or something yeah, sitting there. Yeah. I love it, like. Well, ladies, of all the things I could tell you, look, stuff.
0: <laughs> and that moment when the dragon's head gets cut off and just oh, slides oh, slowly oh, through the great.
3: floor that was great too
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> or when Thor uses the hammer to just fly right across the bifrost and Scourge is like oh <laughs> damn it and he just starts like running along <laughs> you had one job <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and he redeems himself at the
0: end too which I'd, I wasn't sure if they'd go that route, because I always thought Scourge in the comics was just an evil dude. But I, I liked the kind of twist that they gave him in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: sad that he's... Honestly, I am. I'm kind of sad that he's a one-and-done. I would have enjoyed seeing him more. Yeah. I agree. Can, can we also talk
1: about Gorilla Heimdall? I mean, that was... kind of <laughs> awesome. We, you know, like... It, yeah. He's leading, like, a little insurgency there in a lot of ways.
0: He must have had enough pamphlets. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I just thought it was an interesting take. Yeah. And I was kind of confused as to why Heimdall would grow braids, but um, just because, like, he's, a, he's you're always assuming he's bald before because the helmet... And you know when he takes it off, I believe I can't remember whether or not he actually had hair in the previous ones. I think I'm pretty time, sure he was bald.
2: I think the time only time you see him without the helmet is in Age of Ultron. In the dream. In the dream, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's just like his like typical like Idris Elba kind of short cropped black hair.
0: Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah,
2: but I
3: mean, if you if you think about it, most Asgardians have medium to long.
1: Oh, there. Yeah. It, it just, I don't know. Didn't look like
2: that hairstyle would fit under his usual helmet.
0: Well, he just felt so free not wearing the helmet. He's like, I'm growing it out.
2: Yeah, maybe he didn't. Let's do it. Since he wasn't the Watcher anymore, maybe he didn't think he needed it.
0: Uh, One character I think we've talked about briefly, but didn't really talk about how she did as the character, is Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of uh, Tessa Thompson?
3: I thought she was badass. Yeah. Especially her intro, which you fall off the gangway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, she had some pretty good comedic timing, too. She did,
1: yeah. Yeah, they they all kind of worked well together. The three of them with with Hulk and...
3: Oh, yeah, that that awesome superhero group, the Revengers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it, it, it worked well. um, And... I, I didn't... Feel like she missed any beats anywhere at all. Yeah, so
2: I think she. It was
3: actually, uh, I thought it was neat to sort of get her story as the plot moved along. Yeah, like you got like you get to know her a little bit as the movie keeps going, and then it was really cool when Loki sort of stole her memories, and you got to see like the final battle with the Goddess of Death. Yeah, thought that was very cool. Mm Hmm.
2: I liked that she had the mixture of. A vulnerable person and a warrior Mm -hmm. and i mean she 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 had an arc she wasn't in my opinion she was not one-dimensional yeah would it be
3: safe to say that we will see her in infinity wars
2: i believe she is definitely on the cast list at least on i was gonna say i guess it depends the
0: outcome of all those people on the ship whenever they presumably get attacked yeah, Because we'll see who gets scattered where and who, who
1: I guess, doesn't bite it there. Yeah, that, that's why I'm questionable. Other than that, I would say you're, you'll see her. I don't think she'll play a major part. I think she'll be, you know, outshined in that movie because you're going to have, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, all that. I don't think you're going to see much of her, but I
2: think she'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's still in the rumored status for Infinity War on IMDb, at least. Okay. Speaking of other people that she might run into in Infinity War, uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, that was some of the funniest shit in, in this movie.
1: <laughs>
0: I think that part with Loki had the, one of the biggest laugh-out-loud moments, I think, in the theaters that I'd seen this movie in, where he... Like, Doctor Strange brings him back and he just says, I've been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Loki tries to come at Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange just kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. shrugs him <laughs> off, like, yeah, bye. <laughs>
0: That's a showdown I want to see happen again.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cause you didn't even get like the mo, like, an inclination that, uh, Loki, like, Loki didn't know what he was dealing with. So he didn't even yeah. have a moment to be like, oh, I will parlay him with my trickery as well. Right. And I do,
0: I did like the whole that whole time with Doctor Strange when Thor's holding the umbrella and you can hear the sound effects of Mjolnir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done.
2: I was. Yeah, the, the uh, degree,
3: sorcerers.
2: Was...
3: Sorry, go ahead. The the sorcerers in uh, Asgard must be much worse, than Doctor <laughs> yeah. Strange, because they're both like, "Oh, it's a sorcerer," and then he's doing all this cool stuff, and they're both like, "What the fuck." <laughs> <laughs>
1: And not to mention, how much do you want that refilling beer ability? I mean, that, oh my god! Like, please, like, <laughs> like, just like you, you right drink now, it down, please. you set it down, and it refills before you finish
2: the glass. Oh my god! I'm just Maybe gonna it'll? say that appeared in Harry Potter first. <laughs> it wasn't in the movie, but it was definitely in the sixth book. Yeah. Oh, oh, what, you're going to say that, like, with some reservation? Like, well, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, I feel like, like it was not a big find
1: giant mug that, you know, like, refilled as you're chugging it. I feel like in the Harry Potter, it, it was empty and then it refilled.
2: Yeah, but that's what Thor did. It didn't infinitely stay full no matter how much he drank. He emptied it and then it refilled. Okay. That's exactly what happened. <laughs>
0: I, if you're curious, you can always watch that scene again on the uh, end credit scene of Doctor Strange. Because
2: yeah. um, okay.
0: it's literally the same scene. It's just extended a little bit in the movie, yeah. but it's the same cut thing that you see at the end of Doctor Strange.
2: Yeah. Were you guys... Uh, w- was Doctor Strange used about to the degree that you thought he would be, or more or less? Same degree. I expected that in the third act and not in the first act. Mm. Okay. So I think I expected it, well, because I didn't really know, obviously, yeah, like, that tag scene from Doctor Strange, they already give you the context that he's talking to Thor about finding Loki in relation to Odin, so. Right. I thought all that was going to get dragged out into the third act, like,
0: the, more of the Thor traveling around and all that stuff was going to be the first two-thirds to, I just, I saw that in my mind as being a bookend to the movie. okay is them coming back to earth and finding Odin
2: and somehow Loki got loose and all that stuff. I thought there's going to be more of a build up to that. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think I perceived like even from some of the previews, but I don't think I perceived Loki as playing such a central role as, as yeah. he ultimately did, which I'm happy with. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, same. I, I thought Dr. Strange would, I don't, I don't want to say it, it, it felt somewhat shoehorned in cause it was, Really, in a lot of ways, it was kind of inconsequential. Like, yes, he. Sh- oh, I know where Odin is. Let me open this gateway to this other point on the planet we're already on to get you to him quicker. But ultimately, it re- like it, it's it's the only time so far that I really think it like really felt like a true cameo of any of these characters, yeah. Um where it didn't exactly need to happen, and, and it really felt like, oh look, a character popped up and a thing happened.
0: Yeah, I think it was just like we need to get from point A to point B. How can we quickly move this along? Oh, let's just throw in Doctor Strange there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said it was
2: it was fun. I'm not I'm not mad. It just it was a little less organic than the others have seemed.
0: Yeah. Uh one other thing I want to bring up, what should we be worried about Surter just hanging out now? Fully back? Is that gonna be a Thor four villain if we make it that far? Because they let him loose. I feel like he can't be okay. just left to roam the galaxy.
1: I have a few thoughts about Thor 4. Um, the first thought that comes to mind, with all the Asgardians loaded onto one ship and stuck there, is Siege. Um, if you remember the Marvel Comic Universe um, event, it was like a five or six issue event called I remember Siege. the name. I didn't know what it was. Um... Basically, the story of it's not that important, um, because the the story mainly revolves around Norman Osborn as the Iron Patriot, but one of the major plot devices of the story is that the Asgardians have made a new Asgard in Oklahoma. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) alright, well that works. So they've rebuilt Asgard in the middle of nowhere Oklahoma and claimed it as their own. And Earth has granted them permission to do so. I mean, it's not without permission or anything. They, you know, come to Earth and they get permission and they build a new Asgard. And it's kind of like they were playing on kind of like the illegal immigrant, like, discussion at the time where, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in the middle of Oklahoma and here's all these rednecks, for a better word, um, throwing out there (laughs) that they're very upset about all these illegal aliens being there which the asgardians actually are aliens um so i i i think that's an interesting point given that they you know all these remaining asgardians are all located in the same place yeah um
0: well they you know they they play that up like the, the thing they keep repeating is asgard's a people not a place and they set a course for Earth, so it's you're led to believe that if they want to rebuild Asgard, that could be the place they go.
1: Right, and that's what got me thinking along those lines, which would be an interesting set. Um, as far as Surtur goes, I honestly think you may see a resolution to that in Infinity War, where Surtur feeling big and badass for having destroyed Asgard, which was his primary purpose as a being, um, decides that he wants the power, some way, somehow, decides to challenge Thanos, and gets bitch-slapped into oblivion. <laughs> um,
0: well, after he's fulfilled his duty of destroying Asgard, does he just like go back to sleep? Or does he hang out?
1: Well, where's he going? I don't
0: know. Just somewhere else. I don't. I don't know the intricacies well, of how he, he works or what in he has the to do.
1: Fire realm, doesn't he? Uh, I was under the impression that that was hell.
3: I think it's a different realm.
1: Okay, just a different realm.
3: Yeah, because there's the frost giant realm, there's the fire realm, there's the underworld realm or hell or whatever you want to call it. I can't remember all the realms, they—I um, think they explain that stuff in Thor one, don't they?
1: Yeah, they don't name them all for you, though. Yeah, like, they, they don't name they're, Niflheim they're... or Jotun, they. they yeah. I'm going to say Jotunheim was named. Niflheim gets named in the second one for the Dark Elves. I'm obviously, Asgard and Midgard get named, and the others, they don't really bring to light what they're called because they don't have to deal with them ever. In the movies.
0: I just didn't know what happens with Surtur. Like, he's fulfilled his job. The prophecy says, destroy Asgard. He has done his job. Then what happens? Like, when, when a prophecy gets filled, does that just... I don't know. Does he just take a nap?
1: <laughs> well, I, th- yeah, I don't know what he's going to do now. Like, I that I, I couldn't say. But my guess, honestly, I think... Here's the thing. In... Infinity Gauntlet. They can end any storylines they wish to very easily by ignoring one of the plot devices that happens in the comics. But in the comic, Thanos uses the gauntlet to kill off half the population of every being in the entire universe. Right. So not billions, but trillions and trillions and trillions of beings die in an instant. And nothing says that Surtur couldn't be one of them. Uh you know, like he he just with a thought unmakes them. You know? Yeah. Um okay. the plot device in the comics, of course, is that they then get remade when the gauntlet's taken away from Thanos, they you know, the person who takes it says, Nope. Bring all them back. So, so I guess
0: that's a loose plot thread that we'll see if they wrap up Surter somewhere at some point.
1: Yeah, I would I would expect that'll show back up at some point if we get a Thor 4. Um,
0: yeah, that'll be the bigger question. We'll have to revisit that after Avengers. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to get ready to wrap up. I got two quick things. One, uh, everybody go around, and what's your favorite moment or line from the movie? For me, I think it's
2: anything that Korg did or said. <laughs> it's just about, yeah. I don't know if I could hit a specific moment. For him, that, it, that, was, that was, out of everything that occurred, I think that was the surprise that I didn't know was coming at all. It was the best surprise of the whole movie.
0: Like, I had heard, like, just pre-screenings and stuff. Everyone was talking about Korg and, like, Taiki Watiti's like, version of him and everything that he did motion capture and voice-wise for Korg. And that he was going to be the one people were talking about. And I was like, okay, th- that's fine, whatever. And nope, I completely agree. <laughs> all his scenes are what I keep replaying in my head above
2: everything else. Uh, if I had to pick out something specific aside from all of him, I think it would be <laughs> the moment uh, that Jeff Goldblum has a line that says, uh, you know, in on another world, I'd be millions of years old, but on, uh, what, what, what planet are they on? Sakaar. And he has, I'd be millions of years old, but on Sakar and he just stops talking.
3: Yeah, and he just gives them, that, like,
2: that, that look. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that gets me every time, because you're you're waiting for that. And even, like, the audiences you see it with, like, no one reacts to that until they switch to someone else, yes. because it hangs on him for so long, yep. <laughs> you're waiting for him to finish that thought, and it just doesn't come.
2: It's awesome.
3: Oh, my favorite moment was probably when uh, Hulk takes Thor and just kind of does the ragdoll thing with him, <laughs> and, and Loki, <laughs> like, screams, like, yes, yes that's how it feels! <laughs> that was good
0: even Loki's reaction to just seeing the Hulk for the first time and just like I have to get off this planet yeah (laughs) Yeah, like
1: oh shit that's the
2: champion Uh, which Um, I will say I think that paid off very well because it legitimately established that like of all the people that he's had to deal with Loki legitimately fears Bruce Banner as the Hulk
4: yes
0: Uh, Mike, favorite moment or line from the
1: movie Um, You know, just because we haven't mentioned it And there's so many things that would be Really difficult to nail down one favorite I'm just going to say Naked Hulk um, <laughs> <laughs> Hulk gets out of the bath Completely bare-assed And, you know it, it, As a man, you can see that Thor Is intimidated When he's looking <laughs> at the front of Hulk He's very mm-hmm. intimidated And then just Hulk kind of walks up behind him Bare-assed and soaking <laughs> wet and it's just—it it was an unexpected moment that they were going to bring bare ass Hulk into this movie. So
0: even even Thor's reaction to well, that's in my brain now. Yeah, yeah. Like, can't, can't
1: can't unsee that.
3: I, I'd uh, say I had it, a very close second to me when when Thor took the bowling ball and threw it at the window. Yeah, <laughs> it just came back <laughs> right in the fucking. Head.
0: And then he pops up like he's ready to punch someone, yeah, like he's ready like, to box. Like, all right, we're like going he's... <laughs> yeah, they had some pretty good physical comedy, I think, in that too. I that was another scene that stood out to me too. Um, uh, all right, and just in wrapping this up, if we usually go around and give like a rating out of ten,
2: where do you guys feel this one falls for you? On just pure joy and and enjoyability, like just like the Guardians movies, this movie is so damn watchable
4: mm-hmm.
2: that uh, I'm going to go eight and a half. Okay, and I'm per- typically pretty tough. That's kind of high for me.
1: All right, Mike, Andy, um, I would go eight, uh, eight out of ten there. Um. I agree with Josh just entirely watchable um i you know I'd go even higher but i you know if I'm being reasonable we're not talking about great drama or emotional cinema in here in any way there's I could watch the movie endlessly but I don't feel the need to go higher than eight
3: okay Andy uh, I'd go nine
0: want to just elaborate a little bit more?
3: No. (laughs) 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 No, I, I I felt that it did have, um, an emotional, dramatic, uh, undertone to it. You you don't really notice it. Um, watching it the first time, but the more I thought about it and the more I dwelled on what i would just seen a couple days later, even it just, it, uh, it's like, wow, that was actually a pretty, uh, um, intricate uh storytelling model okay uh yeah i think i'm i'm more in line with
0: andy i think i'm gonna go nine as well uh it's as mike said i think it's infinitely watchable it's really fun the marvel movies always i don't know just have this sense of fun to them that just i just want to rewatch them all the time and the movies that stick with me after i see them it's obviously getting a point up for me so i'm still i saw it twice and i'm still i would go back and see it again so for me, it's, it's got to be up there. I'm, th- I'm thinking nine. Um, right, so I think that's it for us. We're going to wind it down. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share subscribe here with the show wherever you listen to us at. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook, search Bryguy and a Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash superfriends. Uh, You can also email us at braggysuperfriends at gmail.com or tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. Topic suggestions, questions, uh, comments, any of that stuff, you can hit us up at any one of those avenues. And on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Say y'all.